Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intention that these episodes be an encouragement to your search for the God of heaven. Again, thank you for listening. The character first appeared in a short story that was published in 1881. The story was titled, A Study in Scarlet. Few people now remember the title or the story, but the character is well-remembered, and his name is recognized all over the world. Sherlock Holmes. Since that first short story, he has become one of the most popular fictional characters. There have been more than 20,000 adaptations in books, films, and stage plays. The stories by Arthur Conan Doyle about the antisocial private detective popularized a whole genre of literature and entertainment, the crime or courtroom drama. If it was not for Sherlock Holmes, we would not have characters like Perry Mason, Jethro Gibbs, Veronica Mars, or Atticus Finch. The crime or courtroom drama remains one of the most popular forms of entertainment. It is not hard to see some of the reasons why they are so popular. In these stories, there are heroes and villains, suspense, action, surprises, and often a very satisfying resolution to the tension. The character lists often include investigators, the victims, the lawyers and judges, the innocent and the guilty. Part of the appeal is that we are engaged at an intellectual level. We read or watch with a critical eye, looking for clues. We want to discover the truth, solve the mystery, and bring the guilty to justice. These stories can be divided into two broad categories, fiction and true crime. With the first, the works of fiction, we can suspend belief and let the author or movie take us to the improbable, if not the impossible. But with the second, we are asked to hold on to reality and examine events, even if extraordinary, that are rooted in truth. If at some moment in the storytelling process, that sense of reality is broken, it unravels the story and the value to the reader or viewer is lost. One of the things that we have been exploring in our podcast is the idea that the Bible story is not a work of fiction, but can be approached as truth. Mentioned before is the unique makeup of the Bible, written by many authors but telling the same story, written over many years and across many cultures, but each book and author agreeing with and supporting the others. Also mentioned is that the Bible tells the story of real people. We mentioned King Hezekiah as an example. But what if we had an outsider, an investigator, if you will, who published his investigation of the Bible story? What if that investigator looked into the facts, interviewed the eyewitnesses, walked the scene, gave us a report on what he had learned? What if that report was so detailed that we could fact-check many of the elements in it that would move this story from consideration as a work of fiction to a true crime story? Let me introduce you to Luke. It is not an exaggeration in any way to call Luke's writing an investigation. He addresses his writing to a man named Theophilus and states that his purpose is so that Theophilus will know, and we quote here, the exact truth. Another modern translation uses the phrase, know with certainty. But can we trust Luke's account of the events? 
In our earlier podcast, when we talked about the authors of the Bible, we mentioned that they were from different times, occupations, education, and experience. They included kings, farmers, priests, warriors, fishermen, and prisoners of war. But the writer Luke has a unique background in a number of different ways. First, he was identified as being from a different culture and ethnic background from all the other writers in the Bible. He was not a Hebrew. He was not raised with the Jewish teachings and practices. He was not even from a Jewish city. So when he examines the people and events, he does so as a cultural and religious outsider. He has no built-in bias. There is another interesting element to his background. He not only is an outsider of what we sometimes refer to as a Gentile, but he's writing to a Gentile. Theophilus is a Greek name. He is seeing these things from a non-Jewish point of view. This makes Luke's writing ideal for someone that is just beginning to learn about Jesus. He does not make major use of old Hebrew scriptures, but spends most of his time talking about what the eyewitnesses said and heard. But can we trust Luke's account? We know something else about Luke. He was a doctor, so he was an educated man. But there is more to it than that. This was a time when there was very limited tools for diagnosing illnesses or injuries. There were no x-ray machines or complicated blood workups. A doctor's primary tool was observation and talking to the patients. They looked and listened closely to the patient to make a determination of the problem and how to treat it. Was the pain on your left or right arm? What did you eat? How long have you had the symptoms? This training made Luke a very good listener. When he investigated the story of Jesus, he recorded many details of the witness accounts because those details were important. Where did this happen? Who was there? What was said? He records those details as well to provide as full an account to Theophilus as possible. He tells us about a man with a withered hand and specifies it was his right hand. He records the moving final words of the first Christian killed as a martyr, a man by the name of Stephen. And Luke did not ask just anyone. He says he talked to the eyewitnesses of the events, the very people standing there when something happened or when something was said. In the case of the murder of Stephen, there was a young man there that was close enough that he was keeping the outer garments of the killers. That man's name was Saul. These are primary sources, not, I heard from someone else that something happened over in the next town, but I was standing within arm's reach when it happened. This is testimony that would hold up in court. But when we say that, we are missing something important. The accounts often are very personal. One account recorded by Luke was from the night Jesus was taken prisoner. Peter was a close companion of Jesus and had sworn that he would never be disloyal to him. But that night, Peter followed the group that had taken Jesus into custody. After delivering Jesus to the religious and government leaders, the soldiers sat by a fire to keep warm. And Peter sat down with them to see what was going to happen. But soon, a slave girl recognized him as a follower of Jesus. But Peter denied even knowing him. He was confronted a second and third time about his association with Jesus. And again, Peter passionately denied it. At that moment, Peter made eye contact with Jesus. 
And Peter remembered not only his pledge to be faithful even to death, but remembered Jesus telling him he would betray him three times before the sunrise. He left the place and cried bitter tears. This account has so many personal elements. Peter was cold and went to the fire to keep warm. He recalls details of who confronted him and what was said. He paints the picture of a man caught at the moment of his greatest failure and his heartbroken reaction. How did Luke get such detail? The answer is, he heard the story from Peter himself. This is Peter's account of that terrible night and his shameful role in it. He holds nothing back from Luke of his own failure, does not make an excuse or try to soften the blow. Peter shares the story with Luke so that he could share it with Theophilus and share it with us. There are many moments in Luke's account like this, from Mary being told she would have a child and name him Jesus, to Philip sharing the story of Jesus with an Ethiopian official. Each has very personal elements that are recorded by Luke. So Luke's stated goal was to record for Theophilus the exact truth about these events. He uses his background as a trained observer and listener when he speaks to the actual people that were witnesses. He was conducting an investigation and making a detailed report so that Theophilus will have confidence in the story. But again, can we trust Luke's account? Luke contributed two books to the Bible. The first is the account of the life of Jesus called the Gospel of Luke. The second is a history of the early believers and the spread of the story of Jesus through the Roman world. That book is called the Acts of the Apostles, or more commonly, simply referred to as the Book of Acts. A major section of the book records the travels, teaching, and events connected to the man named Paul. But if you read carefully, an interesting thing happens in the telling of these events. As Paul is traveling in or near the Greek city of Troas, Luke begins to travel with Paul. Most of the rest of the account recorded in Acts is recorded in the first person by Luke. He's not only telling of Paul's travels, but of his own. What does this mean? First, Luke puts his own credibility to the test. With each city and event, he opens himself up for examination and criticism. Paul's group, that included Luke himself, sailed from Troas to Samothrace, and then the next day to Neapolis. A simple glance at an ancient map will show these cities existed and are near Troas by ship. Wherever they went, each part of the journey has become one of the most important travel logs of the ancient world, including detailed elements of ancient sea travel. Second, Luke puts his own life on the line. He dedicates himself to the work of telling the story of Jesus. His friend Paul wrote many of the books in the New Testament. His last book is the second and last letter to Timothy. At the end of the book, he tells Timothy that he will soon be killed for his faith and efforts to spread the story of Jesus. He asked Timothy to bring a cloak he had left behind and some books. But he also asked his friend to come to him soon, saying, Only Luke is with me. Someone may say that they do not believe Luke's account, but what they cannot say is that Luke did not have confidence that the story Paul gave his life for was not the truth. Luke devoted his life to it as well. So we have asked the question, can we trust Luke's account? Here's the answer as I see it. 
he makes a clear statement that this is an investigation to uncover and tell the exact truth. He goes to the eyewitnesses and gets the information as directly as possible. He tells the story in great detail, allowing us to see the events through the eyes of those that were there. The detail allows us to examine the record for elements that can be confirmed on a map, by other sources, and even in the currents and weather of the Mediterranean Sea. And then he makes the importance of the story clear. Luke devotes his life to helping Paul tell the story throughout the world, even to the very end. The answer for me is yes. I can trust Luke's account of the life, teaching, and impact of Jesus on his disciples, enemies, and the whole world. This physician, an outsider from Hebrew culture, wants Theophilus to be sure what he has believed is the truth and provides the same information and reassurance for us. The police and courtroom drama revolve around the revealing of truth. Your Honor, I call as the first witness, Luke. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.